Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to TC Live, presented all week by Verbo. We've got draws for the final Grand Slam of the year, the U.S. Open, starting on Monday. We'll take you through both the men's and women's draws, including where the unseated Serena Williams landed. Hey, everybody, welcome inside our Santa Monica, California studios. Rob Simulcare, Nick Monroe, Mark Knowles holding down the fort here on TC Live all week long as we get set for the year's final Grand Slam. News out today on the draws, and the headline, not really a surprise. Novak Djokovic announcing on Twitter today that he is withdrawing from the U.S. Open. Of course, clearly was not going to be able to get into the country due to his vaccination status, so he gives his best wishes to his fellow players and says he'll stay in shape and a positive spirit next time he gets to compete in a slam. We don't know when that will be. May not be Australia, so we could be looking at the French Open next year. But in the meantime, here's who is playing. The men's draw, a look at the projected round of 16. There you see the number one seed, Daniil Medvedev, up at the top, Rafael Nadal, the number two seed at the bottom, going for his third slam of the year, potentially. And there you see the rest of it. Nick, I start with you. What jumps out at you in terms of who fell where here? Yeah, you know what? I, I, again, Taylor Fritz, he's been playing some amazing tennis. So, you know, going up against Casper Ruud, potentially in the fourth round. I just love Taylor Fritz on fast courts with his big serve and big forehand. And also Medvedev and possibly Kyrgios. Look, Kyrgios has a tough one against Kakanakis in the first round, but Kyrgios did beat Medvedev in Montreal just a couple weeks ago. So those, those are a couple matches for me that stand out. Yeah, I think for me, it's very interesting. The thing that stands out the most is exactly what you touched upon at the, at the top of the show is the fact that Novak Djokovic will not be at the U.S. Open. That's really unfortunate. I actually spoke to Novak about four or five days ago, and he was real hopeful. He thought he had some connections that he could possibly play, and I know us, we were hoping that he was going to play as well. But in looking at that draw, I think Rafael Nadal has to be very pleased with his progress if he were to get through. Doesn't look too, too difficult. A key factor will be the Nick Kyrgios first-round matchup, obviously, because he could be dangerous if he gets through and plays Medvedev. You mentioned that first-round matchup. He's playing his doubles partner, his newfound uh, doubles partner in crime. They've been doing really well together. And here's a look at that and some other tantalizing first-round matches. There you see Kyrgios and Kokonakis in the first round. Pablo Carreño Busta off of his big win in Canada draws 2020 champion Dominic Team. That's a tough draw for Team in the form that he's in. And then you see some American matchups down below, including a matchup of Marcos Giron and Francis Tiafo. Yeah, and look at this Sock Schwartzman match. You know, Sock is actually up 1-0 in that head-to-head, and they are really good friends. So that's going to be interesting to watch and see just kind of the dynamic there, right? Schwartzman making a lot of balls, Jack going for big forehands, but like also with Francis Tiafo and Marcos Giron, Francis. Gonna, he loves New York, loves the energy of the city. Marcos is going to play well. We all know UCLA Bruin. He's definitely going to play well. So fun watch. Yeah, so many great matches there. And, you know, it's really it's funny. We've been around tennis for a long time. 
There's a cruel twist with some of these draws. When you think that Kyrgios drew Kokonakis, I mean, that's almost impossible, right? They, really is. They win their first major together playing doubles this year. Kyrgios playing so well. Nick and I were talking about it earlier today. I think that's one person that Nick really would not have wanted to play. They're such good friends. It's going to be interesting to see how Nick adjusts to that matchup. Does he go full out? It's good friends. Uh, it's going to be a really tricky one. He's yeah. been playing so well, gets himself a seed, and then ends up with his doubles partner. Yeah, and he actually was supposed to play Kakanak his first round in Atlanta and then pulled out due to an injury. So, you know, and then they end up playing doubles, winning the title. So let's see what happens here in this first round matchup. Two great friends going at it, so it'll be interesting. All right, well, the men in action in Winston-Salem, those who chose to play the week before the Open, let's head down there and pick up Maxime Cressy looking for his second title of the summer, taking on the Frenchman, Adrian Manorino. Yeah, Cressy's had a terrific summer, and he's looked really good throughout the week in Winston-Salem, and we kind of tabbed him to maybe have a chance to take the title here, but he came out a little bit slow, a little bit flat. Manorino is such a tricky opponent, somebody that you just cannot underestimate. It's a little bit of trickster stuff there between the legs, a little bit of luck as well. Manorino is so tricky with the lefty serve, slides it into the body, short take back on the backhand, and look how he uses the pace there. Uses the pace so well, and just a really nice performance from Manorino, but a little bit flat there from Cressy. So Cressy will head to New York for a first-round matchup with Marton Fucevic of Hungary. Meanwhile, Laszlo Jerry and another Frenchman, Richard Gasquet. Yeah, you know, this match was a tough one. It was a two-hour and 41-minute match. Laszlo, Jerry, and Richard Gasquet were giving everything they had. Two Warriors out there. Jerry had 12 aces, 77% first serve percentage. And towards the end of the match, he started hitting bigger forehands, going for his targets. Because he was getting so tired, he knew he had to go for bigger shots. And even when he came to the net, he was 5 or 12 net points won, but he came in more as the match went on just because he knew he had to against Richard Gasquet. He was pushing Gasquet deeper and deeper behind the baseline, but with rockets like that off the backhand, he was able to secure the win, Laszlo Jerry. This was one that felt like could go either way right up until the end, but Jarrah able to come up big on the big points, looking for his first title since 2020, his first ever on hard courts. He's through to the semifinals where he'll take on the Swiss we just saw win in the night session. Hustler, and meanwhile, on the other semifinal side, Manorino and Botek Van de Zandschulp, who I think, Mark, you got to like Van de Zandschulp where he is right now in this tournament. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, the only seed that's left, but hey, don't discount Adrian Manorino. He knows how to win. He's won titles. And an important thing is Van de Zandschulp has never won a title before. He made the finals in Munich earlier this year. So that's always a big thing once you start getting later in tournaments. So not quite sure who to pick there, but you'd have to say that Van de Zandschulp is the favorite. I think for me, Van de Zandschulp would be the favorite. This is his third semifinal. The last one he was in was in Queens of this year. So third semifinal this year. So he's feeling confident this year. He's hitting big off the forehand. So for me, it's Van de Zandschulp. All right, to the ladies we go now in Cleveland, tennis in the land, and the hottest woman on the planet right now in the world of tennis, Bernarda Pera, comes into this match winning 12 straight matches, taking on fellow American Sophia Cannon. Yeah, Pera has been so impressive, and you know, this was going to be a difficult matchup, but the way that Pera started in this match, she was so aggressive, hitting big from the back of the court. She got up a break in the second, but what was also nice to see was Sophia Kennan. She really elevated her game. She started to play really good tennis. The tennis that we're used to seeing from Kennan, she won that second set, but Pera continued to play such courageous tennis, and I was so impressed with her forehand throughout the match. She is a very complete player, and she is a name to watch.
So she comes through 13 straight wins for Para. After the match on court, she was asked, what's behind this recent hot streak? What is working so well for you right now? Like I said yesterday, I really don't know. I wish I knew so I can do it every match for the rest of my career, but um, I have no idea. That's what happens when you're in the zone. Sometimes you don't even know why you're in the zone. And there you see the zone she's in. 19-1 in her last 20 matches, going for her third straight title in her last three tournaments. And that live ranking has shot up into the top 50. She'll take on Ludmila Samsonova in the semis. Yeah, you know what? She's only lost three sets since July 11th. And her coach, I was able to speak with her coach, Miro Herbaton, earlier today. And he was talking a lot about how They've been working for one year now. They started working in July of 2021 and really been trying to work on their defense. She's great, a great offensive player, and now she's improved her defensive skills, and that's helped her go on this run. All right, and a look at the draw in Cleveland. There you see Para and Samsonova in the top semifinal. On the other side, it's Sasnovich against Alize Cornet. So good-looking semi set up there in Cleveland. All right, we'll take a break. We talked about the men. And their draw at the U.S. Open, when we come back, we'll look at the women's draw, including where the unseated Serena Williams landed when we come back here on CTC Live. TC Live is presented by Verbo, a place for together. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. I, I think tennis is going to miss uh, Serena's presence uh, sorely, really. But it, it, the good thing about Serena, I think, is she'll always, you know, be around. I mean, she's an incredible athlete that will be every bit as popular when she's done with tennis as she ever was when she was playing. You know, she's sort of in that rarefied era, like a Michael Jordan or like a Wayne Gretzky and uh, Roger Federer, where she's just um, sort of transcends the sport a bit and. You know, she will be missed because uh, you know, fans and her colleagues and everyone alike will be, you know, going to miss watching her compete. John Isner joining the chorus of those praising Serena Williams as she gets set to retire. And here's what her draw looks like. This is the bottom half and where Serena Williams landed. She draws Danka Kovinic of Montenegro in her first round matchup. With the win there, she'll take on the number two seed, Annette Contevate. Yeah, and Dr. Kovinich, look, she's 0-5 since she made the third round of the French Open. And Contevate, she look, she lost second round Cincinnati, first round Toronto. So, you know, there's two matchups there where two players maybe aren't as confident. So this is a perfect spot where Serena Williams could have fallen in the draw to just get her feet wet. And, and then, if, you know, if she gets to the third round against Trevisan, anything can happen from there. Yeah, I agree with Nick there. I mean, she, she really got a good draw. You know, she could have drawn anybody. She could have drawn the top seed. She could have drawn, you know, much tougher opponents. And most importantly, 
Annette Contevate has not been playing well. She's the number two ranked player in the world. She'll have all the pressure if Serena does get to the second round. So I really like the draw for Serena because, as we know, if Serena gets one or two matches under her belt, she becomes extremely dangerous. And then you think about the crowd, right? You think about Pete Sampras's last year. You don't there. You cannot <laughs> put you cannot put a value on what the crowd, how far the crowd can elevate Serena in New York. The issue with Serena so far in her comeback has not been the ball striking as much as the movement. So the question is, will she be able to cover corner to corner to stay in these points? Yeah, I mean, with age, look, that's the, obviously the first thing that goes, and she's such a great ball striker. But I think for her, look, you know, she's got Renee Stubbs also on her team. She's going to look to try to maybe serve volley a little bit more, maybe try to come to the net a little bit. Anything to shorten up points in a way, I would think, you know, for Serena – it's just going to be fun to watch. So many people have reached out to me. Hey, can we get tickets for Monday night? How do we how do we go about it? The energy in New York is going to be insane. How did you handle those requests? I was going to say, do you have tickets? Uh, I, 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 I got something said, for it? Let me see what I can do, but, you know, and block some of the other messages. Yeah, I've gotten a couple of those texts yeah, as well. Yeah. The answer is no. Okay, <laughs> let's check in on some other interesting first-round matchups on the women's side. Naomi Osaka drawing Danielle Collins in the first round. A very interesting matchup, given how Osaka has played lately. A live chance there for Collins. And Alize Cornet, who is hot. She's still in the tournament in Cleveland when she's getting Emma Raducanu. Well, I mean, with Emma Raducanu, look, she, she's hired Dimitri Torzanov. They just started working a couple weeks before Washington, D.C. She looks more confident in her game. She's fighting through matches. You know, we've seen her kind of pull out of some matches and not fight as hard. So Raducanu is definitely one to watch. But, you know, Venus Williams, look, I, I mean, she's just so much fun as well. And all the pressure with her and Serena, Venus Williams in New York City, how can you not enjoy that? Yeah, so many terrific matchups in the first round. That's why these majors are so exciting. To me, I'm really circling the Raducanu one, just yeah, because Cornet made her first quarterfinal this year in a major after playing for so long. She's had this incredible resurgence. She's going to be consistent. She's going to be tough. Raducanu has looked better lately, as Nick said. Dmitry Terzanov has done an excellent job, but that's a new pressure. You're defending a Grand Slam title. That should be a very intriguing matchup. Nick, what do you look for from Naomi Osaka in this tournament? She's obviously had so much success in New York, but just hasn't been there on form this year. Not seeing her play a lot either on the hard courts. What do you think is a reasonable expectation? Well, I think having her dad with her is obviously great, and that'll kind of calm her down. But I'd like to see a lot of energy on the court. You know, from Naomi Osaka, she's gone through patches where it's kind of like maybe she's interested or she's not interested. But So I want to see some energy. You know, it's New York City. It's the U.S. Open. She's obviously won the title there. So that's what I'd like to see from her, and hopefully that's what we see. Speaking of women who have won the title, take a look at the last bunch of winners of the U.S. Open on the women's side and where they are in this tournament. There you see going back to 2014 with Serena, Panetta, Kerber, Stevens, Osaka twice. There's only one seated player among this group, and it's Emma Raducanu living off those points from last year's U.S. Open at number 11. So it really, Mark, gives you an idea of how incredibly wide open the women's field is. Yeah, we've seen that over the last couple of years, especially at all the majors, right? It's just been, hey, put my name, put your name in the hat, and you've got a good shot, and whoever's more confident, whoever can handle the moment the best. And really, it's hard to say who's the favorite in New York. I sure don't know. Maybe you guys know. I don't know who the favorite is, but I, I would like to see Coco Goff. I mean, I think she's been playing extremely well. You know, she's working with her coach, Diego Moyano. I was able to practice with him quite a bit at Wimbledon this year. And, and look, I like how she comes forward more, a bit more now. She's looking to come in. She's obviously number one in the world in doubles. So, you know, she's got that just kind of confidence about her and belief that I think she can go a long, a, a long way.
One name we haven't discussed at all, Caroline Garcia. Mm. Oh, yeah. she's, she hasn't won a major in singles, but yeah. she's won a couple of majors in doubles, so she knows how to play on a big stage. She's playing incredible tennis. She's won three titles in the last six weeks, so watch out for that name possibly. Later in the week on TC Live, we'll look at the odds, what Vegas thinks about the chances of who's going to win, and Caroline Garcia is going to be on that list, no question about it. All right, when we come back, we will check in on what's already going on at Flushing Meadows as qualifying is already underway. We'll check in on who's moved on and who is out at the Open. Welcome back to TC Live, presented by Verbo. Second round of qualifying at the U.S. Open, and look who's through. That's right, the son of Hall of Famer and Tennis Channel colleague Tracy Austin. Brandon Holt comes back from a set down to advance to the third round of qualifiers, beat another Trojan, Emilio Gomez. Just incredible, really. You know, Tracy is one of the most humble champions ever. And to see Brandon do so well, just to think full circle, right, for Tracy, this is where it all started. They're one of the youngest champions ever, and now her son playing so well. Yeah, and I love seeing this for Brandon Holt. I mean, he's such a hard worker. I played doubles with him four weeks ago in a Winnipeg Challenger, and this guy practiced for two and a half hours before I hit with them for 45 minutes. So this guy went over three hours before we played a doubles match that day. So this guy loves to work hard, and that hard work is paying off. Well done, Brandon. Congrats to Brandon. Congrats to Tracy. Still one more round to go to qualify for the main draw. Other winners on the men's side, another Tennis Channel colleague, Chris Eubanks, gets through with a win as well. Gilles Simone out. He loses, and that is his last match at Flushing Meadows. He's announced he's retiring after this year. On the women's side, a couple of American winners, Whitney Osigwe, Sasha Vickery, they both get wins. Eugenie Bouchard of Canada, she is out, as is Katie McNally. Yeah, good to see Gilles Simone. He's had a terrific career. So thanks for the memory, Gilles. That's our Verbo tournament summary. To Granby, Canada we go now. Daria Kasatkina, the number one seed there, in action. Yeah, Kasatkina, you know, look, she's such a tough competitor. She runs down so many balls, great defense. She did have nine double faults throughout this match. This match was 6-3, 6-2, but she had to save 10 break points throughout this match. But again, look at the athleticism from Kazakina. She's able to get up to the ball quickly. She's able to show her defensive skills, go from defense to offense. On her forehand, she's got so much jump on the ball, as you see there. Little cross-court short angle their opponent was not able to get. She won 70% of her first serve points won, but struggled on the second serve, 30% on second serve points won. So that's an area that she'll have to work on. And so she gets Diane Parry of France in the semifinals. Meanwhile, the other semifinal not happening as Daria Seville gets through on a walkover. Marta Kostyuk withdrew with a shoulder injury. Yeah, it's unfortunate because Kostyuk was playing well, but right shoulder injury, so not taking any chances heading into New York. And Diane Parry, remember, talented one-hander. She beat Barbora Krejcikova at the French Open. So that'll be a tricky matchup for Kazakina, but you'd have to expect we'll see a final between Kazakina and Seville. To the social net we go and check out this paint job of a fan. <laughs> this is interesting at U.S. Open qualifiers. There, that is someone right there who really is committed to their tennis. Where, where's the number on the ball? Normally it's Wilson U.S. Open a number. I mean, that is so cool. I mean, I've never seen something like that. 
Is that a female ball or a male ball? <laughs> hey, that's, that's a male ball because it's, it's a black Wilson. If it had a red Wilson, it would be the female ball. I want to take one of those giant rackets they have around the open, those giant display yeah. rackets, yeah. and just, you know, maybe take a top spin whack at that. But that probably wouldn't be very nice. That's too good. <laughs> All right, moving on. Kim Kleisters, this is great news for the very popular Kim Kleisters. She's been named an honorary president of the uh, the International Tennis Hall of Fame. So congratulations to Kim on a well-earned honor. Yeah, Kim, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in the world. I mean, obviously, you know about her success on the court, but off the court, she's an even better person. So congratulations to Kim. Great selection there. Oh, absolutely. I've been around Kim quite a lot. As you said, one of the nicest people ever. You know, she's done some of the tennis ventures clinics. She's done, you know, other programs I've been around with her, and, she, and everyone loves her. You know, one of those people that she always has a smile on her face, brings amazing energy to anything she does. So congratulations. Yeah, good luck finding someone who does not like Kim Kleist. Congratulations again to her. Meanwhile, check this out. If you've ever watched Richard Gasquet, you know he's got this somewhat obsessive habit of re-gripping every single changeover. Mark, what do you think? Is, is Gasquet the, the gripping goat? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he's literally, and, and I'm actually going to ask him this when I see him, because I've never not seen him re-grip a racket on a changeover, and he's, he's won 580 matches. He's played so many matches. But today, he had a little bit of trouble, so he had to, he had to tape two of them. He had to grip two of them, because one of them, he ran out of time. So that's a tough thing to do on the changeovers for Richard. Yeah, you talk about laundry on the on the bench there. I mean, every time he gets up, he's got just tons of used grips just right next to him. And that's impressive stuff to be able to do it that quickly. But when does he hydrate? I mean, I never see this guy <laughs> hydrate at all. And look at the humidity. Come on, man. But that, that's impressive. That's too good. The occupational hazard of sweaty palms right there for <laughs> Richard Gasquet. Lots of work to do during the changeovers. Okay, we've got more TC Live coming up. But here's a look at our... Friday coverage coming at you. We start in Cleveland at 2.30 Eastern. The women, tennis in the land. Then we go to Canada at 6 o'clock Eastern. Winston-Salem at 7 o'clock. We'll have TC Live to wrap things up. Of course, encore coverage all night as always. Back with our hot shot of the day and a look ahead after this on TC Live presented by Vervo. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back with our hot shot of the day, and it comes from the racket of Daria Saville. I mean, just look at the defense here from Daria. She's all over the court. Little squash shot, getting the ball back in play. And then just being able to get one more ball back in court. And then she did like a little overhead lob. Jump into that one. Her husband, Luke Saville, who's also top 100 in doubles, is there watching her. And has got to be happy about that one. We've had a tweener lob this week, now an overhead lob, so <laughs> there's lots of different ways to lob, apparently. All right, a look at center court coverage tomorrow starting at 2.30 Eastern. We start in Cleveland, Alexandra Sasnovich and Alize Cornet. Then we go to Canada, Daria Kasatina 
in a semifinal as well. Then we'll see if Bernarda Perra can keep her hot streak going. Yeah, some great matchups, but I tell you what, nobody wants to be on the other side of the net of Bernarda Perra. She's playing terrific tennis. Obviously, it'll be a tough match against Samsonova, but boy, I love the way that Bernarda Perra is playing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Ben is against Gulf. You know, look, he's made three semifinals this year. Last one was London and Queens. And so, look, I mean, he's trying to get to the semifinals and he's playing really well. You know, he beat another Dutchman in Italian Greek sport earlier on in this tournament. So he's starting to feel his form and uh, we'll see what he can do. Mark Andrea Hussler. We're, we're working on that name, but I'm going with Hussler. He has been a bit of a revelation in Winston-Salem. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's played very well. He had one match win coming into this tournament. Now he's got a couple of wins under his belt. He's serving big. He's moving forward. A player who was more accustomed to playing on clay looks very comfortable on the hard courts. And really, the semifinal lineup there in Winston-Salem is all about who can handle the nerves. Because now you start thinking, I can get to an ATP final. I can secure an ATP tournament going into the U.S. Open. There's so much at play, not just the points, not just the prize money, but also the prestige. Yeah, and you talk about Husler. Look, he was ranked 438 in the world as a junior. So sometimes a lot of people place so much emphasis on junior rankings. He just kept working, believing in himself. And now the guy's in the semifinals of a 250. I mean, and look, the sky's the limit. I mean, he, he doesn't need to feel any pressure. He's serving big. He's hitting the forehand big. And against a guy like Jerry, who doesn't like people coming at him, he prefers to have a lot of time behind the baseline, be able to dictate, but Hustler's not going to let him. So I actually pick Hustler in that match going into the final. It'll be interesting. We talk about motivation sometimes at these 250s, and Bodek van de Sanchelp, one I think maybe has that motivation to get his first title. So we'll see if he can get through the semis tomorrow. Semifinal action coming from Cleveland, from Winston-Salem, from Kansas. Canada as well. We'll have it all for you here on Tennis Channel tomorrow starting at 2.30 Eastern Time. Until then, have a great Tennis Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow.